9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to what could be Montreal's favorite podcast. Go plug yourself. It could be Montreal's favorite podcast if you go to Cult Montreal and vote for us as your favorite podcast. On this episode, we play host to the lovely, wonderful, talented, amazing Amy Blackmore, who comes on the show to talk about the fact that live theater is returning to Montreal, which means that Montreal Fringe will be returning this summer. Uh, To find out more about that, you can go to montrealfringe.ca. Right now, the website is down, but it might be up by the time you hear this. Uh, and if not, you can go to mainlinetheater.ca to find out about all of uh, some of the stuff that's going on as we build up to the fringe. Uh, right now, they have job applications uh, for a podcast that they're starting. Uh, they're raising some money with Nantha's Kitchen. And as always, you can subscribe to uh, one of Amy's many uh, workshops that she uh, is hosting virtually right now as we build up to the 30th anniversary of Fringe that's happening this June. Uh, Until then, though, enjoy the show. Uh, Lawrence and I sit down with Amy Blackmore. Go plug yourself, everybody. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. I hope I got a little bit of that because I was like what Lawrence was describing maybe before we started recording was the the Amy Blackmore fringe experience which was like seeing Amy for like a split second at at any given time because she's in the middle of like 500 things and she's like let's have a beer yeah and then uh, then it's june or july yeah, it's, <laughs> all it's of a sudden i can only describe it as like a very friendly specter just like moving in between things and people on the way to something else and you're just like oh it was a moment just a moment in time but it's very very nice and the amount of people that desperately desperately need amy during the fringe is is i think too many <laughs> Although, although I've been, uh, been that's right. Fr- we brought we brought Amy onto this podcast so Keith can talk to you about delegating. That was the exact reason. I I will say though that over the like probably a decade or so of like kind of doing fringe stuff with the podcast and knowing Amy probably even a little bit before that, uh, she's gotten better. <laughs> at, at delegating no because like, like 10 years ago you were like no sleep always just completely wired up and like as i think you've built the team around you and and gotten people that you're that are also amazing and stunning team and whatever you've had moments in fringe where i'm like oh i'm talking to a person and not just this like scheduling organization machine that is amy during fringe like you have a bit more free time it seems you know what my job has changed so much over the years like i'm kind of becoming more and more of an administrator and less of the person who's running around like now you know kenny struly is the artistic producer now although he hasn't had the opportunity to artistically produce a festival yet uh, for various reasons. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm planning like the next time there is an in-person event, like Kenny will be running around. He's full of energy, we call it. Um, oh. And right. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love um, it. And you'll like, you know, you'll probably find me like hiding on St. Dominique, like just like sitting at the e- on the edge of a sidewalk, listening to the walkie. That's kind of my favorite thing to do during the fringe is hiding on a side street, sitting on the sidewalk, listening to the walkie talkie. Um, 
because it's just fun to hear the festival happen um, and not be at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I've I've always uh, been just like very very spoiled by my own fringe experiences because i you know I, I i do the podcast and go to the shows and talk about the shows on the podcast but because i also run the site and run the podcast i just like pick whatever shows i want to go to get to what i can get to uh, see my friends things see strangers things just like pick random grab bag of shows and it's just like there's not to say no pressure because obviously we want to put spotlight on the shows or whatever but i have a very self-defined fringe experience where it's like it, versus like I know, i'm talking to someone who's on jury where they're like i need to hit these shows like i we, ha we had china on the show one year where she was on jury and 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 she was just like well you just have to hit the shows and your schedule and you're missing the ones maybe you want to see because you have to see ones on jury not to say that that's a bad thing but you're just like <laughs> your, your schedule is still dictated by an obligation it's not just like dictated by like a i'm just gonna go see whatever i feel like so I, I've I've been pretty lucky to just go see the things that I want to go see. You and know, I it's you are really lucky that that's been the case. I know for me, when I first started producing, like I wasn't actually enjoying the festival. It was, I mean, I was. That's not true, actually. I shouldn't say that. I was totally enjoying hanging out at the beer tents, like I said, hiding and listening to my walkie. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, eating like street meat and all that stuff. Um, but I wasn't going to see shows. Mm -hmm. I think I was scared to see shows. Um, but it's funny, like the last fringe we did the 2019 fringe i saw almost 20 performances wow. it's kind of like a worldwide record for a montreal fringe <laughs> producer like it's pretty pretty cool stuff <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i think that's also I, I always think about um my my buddy john hats who runs the, the the i love neon stuff and and fairmount and whatever where he's always like he always wants to hang out after the show is done. And like, it's usually about like one or two o'clock in the morning where you can see that he's just starting to unwind. So it's always a thing if he's like, Oh, like come, come out to the show and whatever. And like, and we'll hang out after and stuff. It's like, you know, it's going to be an evening that goes till five or 6am because like <laughs> his sank set time starts at like two or 3am, right. Where he's like, basically when the headliner goes on is where he's like, okay, the evening everything that could have happened has happened tickets are done like all the openers have played the headliners on and now i can actually like sit back and relax and you're like well it's two o'clock for the rest of us though and he's like let's go guys like let's hang out and cut loose so we're like we've been here all night <laughs> dude i totally get this and it's like for me there's this really like beautiful time of day during the fringe and it's somewhere between i mean i love the 13th hour you know like the one to two a.m moment mm -hmm. but like the, between 2 and 4 a.m. And I have to admit, I'm not always up. <laughs> but Fair. but if I am and I'm walking ourselves. home, it's like where I live, um, what is it called? Like more east of Mainline. So I walk down Duluth Street and like you can see the sun rising in the summer. Mm -hmm. And it's just there's this really beautiful release. And it's like, oh, can we like party now? Now I'm suddenly energized, even though I was yeah. exhausted 10 minutes ago. But anyways. Yeah, I think that that one of the the last like truly like absurd nights of partying for me was was following following our our marriage. Uh, just a bunch of people were just sort of like, oh, you're going to be guest list here. It's open bar here. Just keep going here. And John was one of the people kind enough to do that. Where it was like show all the way till three a.m. 
then like hanging out in the green room at one of his places until like six or seven and having that like oh the metros are running again like we don't even need to cab home because it's like six or seven o'clock in the morning or whatever just like like coming home and not being very very tired because again we are getting older uh <laughs> it's but, so weird uh, hearing you talk about this like just to say like i go to bed at midnight these days or maybe 11 p.m like the pandemic has like messed up my will to party oh it's it's cut me in half almost like i remember like sometimes i'll do a show right and sometimes you have if you do a weekend spot you'll have like two shows and the shows will end at midnight and then you hang around after you have a drink you shoot the shit and then you only start to unwind maybe around like 2 30 when the mm-hmm. adrenaline from performing wears off where the buzz wears off, just not even necessarily from drugs or alcohol, but just like the buzz from performing and being around people and being on and doing things. And also and the then, drugs and alcohol. And also <laughs> does help for sure. Like I can't say no. <laughs> but it's just uh, with the pandemic now, like clockwork, my girlfriend and I will just go to bed at like midnight and I'll wake up at nine. And it's like this weird feeling in my body where I'm actually rested and I don't know how to react. I'm like, why am I? <laughs> Why am I relaxed and hungry? What is this feeling? This is strange. I don't like this. Yeah. Sarah and I have, have numerous occasions. Not like gotten to bed pretty early, but also it's like like dinner's done, dishes are done. You're like PJs. It's like eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, sure. I had to yeah, start we, putting on jeans. Yeah. Because if I wear sweatpants, if I wear sweatpants, I don't get anything done during the day. I tried to work <laughs> in sweatpants a couple of days and I just like put my feet up and watch TV. And then they're like, Lawrence, did you do that thing? I'm like, oh, fuck, for real. So now I have to wake up and like put on jeans to like mentally be like, I am working today. I have yeah. shit to do. You need to put on a costume, right? Like, I yeah. don't know. I feel like I wear different <laughs> costumes throughout the day. Like, I had a last minute meeting with like a government agency today. So I like threw on a blazer because I could. Because right. right over there, I just ran and put on a blazer and like sat in front of here. And then, you know, later on, I like, rip the blazer off, put the like casual outfit back on, you know, you can just costume change throughout the day. Quick, quick, Great. quick change in the middle of your day. You know, I'm trying to like get the theatrical experience in my house. I want to <laughs> start like, since I have so many different meetings and stuff at the office, like with, with sometimes the same audience, uh, I'm thinking I might just start changing, like to see if anyone notices to be like, is that the like, you're wearing your like fourth or fifth outfit today, aren't you? I'm like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what else am I doing? But yeah, no. You gotta keep it interesting. Exactly. But it's an interesting point, though, about what Amy was saying about getting to bed early. Like, everybody is like, there's like this amped up energy of like, when the nightlife comes back, people are going to cut loose. I'm like, are they? I was like, or are we going to be like, oh, it's 1 a.m. and I am going to bed. Like, there's no, the headliner hasn't come on. Who cares? I'm going to bed now. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, I think there's going to be a weird adjustment of like everyone saying like, Oh, we're going to party 24 seven. I was like, we're all used to a lot of restful sleep <laughs> right now. It's going to yeah. be a heck of an adjustment to try to get back into partying and stuff. I feel like I want to party, but I want to party with like three people. Like I'm having a hard time, like dealing with the idea that I'm going to walk into a room eventually. And there's going to be like a hundred people that I may know or no ish <laughs> and then I, like i'm suddenly just gonna want to like hug everybody and talk and like you know bite them like i don't know like there's gonna be too many emotions like i feel like it's gonna have to be a smooth reintegration for me because i get really i mean i love a party and i love throwing parties you know that's what the fringe is to me um but yeah it's like oof. yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that there's... Sarah and I have kind of decided that the our, our easing back into a social life is going to be that, is going to be kind of like maybe like dinner parties for like two or three couples at a time, like like, like six to eight people and like transition back into a, some kind of a social life. I was never big on like the big like dinner party, like 40 people thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, house party situation like that just like puts my anxiety through the roof. Like I can't do crowds if it's not like a comedy thing. And I think I might never have to again. I think it's always going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be like, ah, you know, I'm just, I'm so nervous about COVID. I guess only 10 people. So sorry. <laughs> or just like small groups or whatever. Like, but I never have to be like, Hey, I'm having, I'm vibing like 70 people at a restaurant. Like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> good have you guys been eating at restaurants? I'm curious. No, like, have you been doing I've, the takeout? We've been doing the okay. takeout yeah. once a week. Once Are you, week. you about to say once a week? I would, okay, about once a week. And <laughs> uh, we also, we did, I think we did maybe two or three like terrace dinners in August when there was the whole like 10 cases a day thing. Like yeah. <laughs> when we were down in the, the, the sweet double digit zone, we were like, we can eat on a terrace where all the tables are six feet apart. Like the op- open air terrace pre-variant the, the the good old days three <laughs> like, variants yeah exactly that's it like we wave, yeah we had in between a... wave two and three before variant one ab before the first shot but post zone red you know exactly. what i mean that two days that's specifically when yeah. pretty much that that was when we were like let's because we did this, we did the same thing of like especially uh places around us like any any place that had a terrace or whatever uh for for drinks or food we were trying to pour as much money into the stuff that keeps our neighborhood cool because we're like we want our neighborhood to still be cool when this is all done that that's one of the things that really affected me it was just like all i like i have friends in the restaurant business and the bar business and you just see them pour their heart and soul into this fucking and then everything everything just kind of fall apart and they just couldn't really a lot of them couldn't keep up with the way things were and not being able to have people and it was just so heartbreaking like since the pandemic started i've eaten in one restaurant and it wasn't like a local kind of thing. It was like I was on my way to a show and I mistimed my day and I had to go to like the Trois Brassard and they had like one <laughs> table with like the lady wearing hazmat suits and she's like, scan the QR code. And I'm like, I don't know how to do things like just give me a paper. She's like, no paper menus. I'm like, she has to like stand 10 feet away and like shout. She's like, beer battered fish and chips. I was like, no, next. She's like, soup. I'm like, no. She's like, burgers. I'm like, yeah, whatever. No tomatoes. And like. <laughs> We try and we try and order out like once a week just to like small businesses, things around our house. But one of the like the unexpected things about the pandemic is I've really like invested time into like trying to teach myself how to be a better cook and how to actually make food, which is like one of like my worst skills. I'm like not historically like been able to do that. So I've been watching like videos and reading books and trying to like get to know like up my culinary to be a non-zero essentially like absolutely like just a little bit okay essentially yeah we, we sarah uh and i have sarah's a magnificent cook i've said this numerous times on the show and and just in reality just amazing cook all over the place and the last couple of weeks we started uh and this show i swear is not sponsored by good food uh but uh and the the reason was that she was just looking to like broaden her recipe like repertoire like like she'll like order something from good food and then be like yeah i could 100 make this just because you're all we were also kind of feeling like 
home recipe fatigue, right? Where it's like, yeah, Sarah can like legit probably make like 40, 50 plus dishes that are amazing, but you those go through a lot quicker when you're, she'll make lunches, she'll make dinners, she'll make, you know, like we'll do something for breakfast, whatever. And it's like, if you're eating at home three meals a day, you're running through the Rolodex of recipes like way faster than you're used to. She was like, I just want some yeah. like, fresh recipe ideas in the house so she did the, we yeah we do good food i think maybe like twice a week i think so. that's hilarious like and the reason why is because i just tried good food oh uh, and no it's not sponsor sponsored. us good food <laughs> <laughs> you could well, off if you put the promo code use, go hey, plug yourself well you someone go. sent me a promo code for like a bunch of free food so we tried it yes. mm-hmm. um and it was it was great we haven't mm-hmm. ordered it again but we've been talking about it because and you know what it's exactly for the reason you're saying keith but the thing I realized, like, I love cooking, and I'll, like, I, lo- I have lots of cookbooks, like, I spend, I watch cooking shows, like, I'm, I was a huge yeah. Anthony Bourdain fan, like, I just, yeah. like, I'm all about all that stuff, it's my jam, but, um, I, I can't cook meat in a pan, like, a pork chop in a pan doesn't make sense to me, or, like, chicken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have the wrong pan? I'm good, but it's, like, I, so, I'm, I'm learning. Sarah's gotten some real good pens during the pandemic and, and, and which, which then like I'm, I'm a like Lawrence probably worse uh, in the kitchen. Cause I have um, like Only cooking way to settle this Keith. <laughs> terrible cook off with, with Vendito just yelling cook. at both of us. Yeah, with Vendito and Walter our, our closest friends who are culinary masters and Van <laughs> Duke is not, not able to, just not able to like, that's it. yeah, Exactly. The, the best is that they, they cannot actually intervene. They need to stand across the room and just yell at us about what we're doing wrong. <laughs> they would but, both both have a fucking aneurysm in the first 40 seconds. You lead, just, just between Chris and Will, you lead with the butter, you fuck! And then both of them just explode. Veins are popping. Yeah. Blood's coming out of their eyes. They would lose it. Yeah. It, it'd be great. Be but yeah, no, because I, I find cooking... Un- <laughs> everyone who's like, cooking is so relaxing. I find cooking unbelievably stressful. Like, oh, no. it's Because okay. yeah. I'm... I've got I've got ADHD and focusing on things and heat at the right time is like as soon as there's two or three things going at once, I'm like in a nightmare mode because like like I I'm, I can function with attention deficit disorder because I know that if I put something down, I can come back to it in like two hours and it's where I left it. That's not true of cooking. <laughs> like like I, I I burn everything all the time and it's like I'm, and Sarah's like just pay attention I'm like literally you're describing what I can't do <laughs> is is to just pay attention and then Sarah bought this like amazing pan where she's explaining to me that it's like because it's like a, it's copper or something and it conducts the heat differently so she's like you need to cook it for like a little bit less than what it says it is at about three quarters temperature than what the recipe says and I'm like so because the way it transfers the heat I'm like now you're adding like calculations into yeah. an already complicated situation for me yeah. and you're and like no but don't actually yeah yeah and as soon as you're like cook with this pan but don't follow the instructions in the recipe because then you'll burn it and I'm like what <laughs> I was like why would Girl. you do this to me <laughs> my girlfriend Evelyn every time Beyonce. she's like my fiance, she got, I, I got into, I got, <laughs> I got into shit. I think I've told this on the podcast, but uh, one of our, our co-hosts, Ines, I've mentioned that Evelyn was my fiance. And I just, I've corrected myself to say fiance instead of girlfriend. And Ines was like, well, aren't we fancy? And now I'm just like, girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> every time, every time we want to like bake something, 
or whatever, my my fiance will ask me to pull up a recipe. And then as soon I get like maybe two or three ingredients in before she did, like just just starts disagreeing with me. She's like, can you pull up that uh, Ricardo recipe for banana bread? I'm like, a cup of milk. She's like, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, babe, babe he's a famous goddamn chef. <laughs> and we're trying to follow his recipe. She's like, no, I don't like it. And she'll just freestyle. <laughs> but she'll like insist to pull up the recipe first. It'll just never, we never get through an entire recipe. Like, I'm, I'm also, autumn. again, because of the ADHD, is I'm the complete and total sucker that reads the like 10 paragraph story before the recipe. No! <laughs> I'm just sort of like, oh, it is nice on summer nights and whatever. No! We're hanging out with friends. <laughs> this is delightful. So I was like, I just go to the recipe, you idiot. That's understand. there to fill her. That shit infuriates me. I'm like, oh, mashed potatoes. And it's like, well, I grew up in South Idaho, and we always mash with a fork. And I'm going to tell you my pappy granddad. I'm like, what? No, give me the fucking recipe now. Scroll, 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 oh. scroll. Yeah. I can just imagine you with like a nice drink, like, oh, what a lovely story. Like, just yeah, exactly. For, and, and Sarah's like, how's the recipe going? And I'm like, recipe? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been reading this novella. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning all about like apple picking and wherever. Like, just how to make a pie. Um, so, I was going to ask you, go like, if you don't like meat in the pan, are you like a roast person? Are you like in the oven kind of thing? Is that your I'm moves? like, roast uh slow cooker mm. barbecue ooh, ooh, ooh. okay I do, we don't have one of those we've just got like the old school slow cookers but uh change your life <laughs> we actually so jamie my husband and i bought one of those things for uh what do you call it my brother and sister-in-law mm-hmm. they love it and yep. so, but we don't have to have it when we go visit with them they cook us food in it so it, we bought a second one out. What you bought two? Because so we had we bought the general like the, the the standard issue Instapot. Yeah. And then Ninja does one that also like air fries and stuff. And we were like, we want an air fryer. And it, it can air fry and like dehydrate stuff. So we were like, we can make snacks for the dog and and all that well, stuff. Well, if it can dehydrate, that's kind of a dream to me. Because when I was a little girl, I used to watch the food dehydrator infomercial on at like <laughs> two in the morning with the like guy that. that did spray can bald spot hair thing yeah, if you yeah, remember yeah. but mm-hmm. i used to love watching that infomercial and i would dream of eating the food that my food dehydrator was going to make for me makes kind of like like chewy fruit roll-upy stuff which is sort of the best you make jerky? <laughs> yes. like a beef jerky i think you probably could i don't think we've done that yet but like but also also air frying is is ridiculous because it's like you use like a drop of oil and you get like crispy fries that are not made in a bunch of oil and stuff yeah that which sounds great. Is, which is pretty dope. So yeah, that's why we upgraded. It wasn't like we just got a second Instapot. It's like we got a second Instapot that does a bunch more stuff and then loaned out our old Instapot to friends. So, but yeah. Awesome. And, and yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, we use it all the time. Uh, I wanted to know, Amy, like we, we talked about it a little bit um, uh, briefly at the beginning of the show. I don't know if we were recording it or not, but you've had, like everybody's had like a hell of a year, but like Amy Blackmore's had like a hell of a year (laughs) right so it's like this time last year uh i mean we had we had kenny struley on a couple months ago and uh he was talking about the last night or that mainline had a show or was going to have a show 
and then you had you, you canceled it as, as the news was kind of unfolding and, and whatever else. And now you were apparently like realistic. You'll be like, I guess that's it for six months. And Kenny is like, we'll be back next week. <laughs> that's an accurate <laughs> version of the story. <laughs> so I was like, take us back to the Amy side of the story. So you're, you're, you're sitting there. Like I said, I, I remember the bits and pieces of it that Kenny was saying was like, I think someone had to cancel a, a practice. And then it was like, are we canceling shows? News was coming in. You're in like. Uh, it was kind of this weird remote. week. Yeah, it was a weird week of like information coming in and folks maybe not wanting to do their shows anymore. But for me, the real day where it all happened was it was Saturday afternoon. I believe it was March 14th. Um, and I was sitting at my desk. Uh, it was around like 1 p.m sitting at my desk and then I got an email from the government saying you have to cancel all your performances immediately. And so Kenny was in the room and I was like, uh, so we kind of have to do this right now. And we actually, I mean, the weird thing is we actually had a conversation of like, how do we do this? Like, what do we do? How do we cancel shows? And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we actually have to walk into the rooms and tell the artists, which was the hardest part, because we had a sold-out show in the mini-main and a sold-out show in the main space um, that was supposed to take place that night. And uh, we went into the mini-main. The guys were super understanding. The same thing in the main space. But the be- beautiful thing that happened is it was actually a dance show, like Scream Dance Academy. Mm-hmm. And they they really wanted to do their show. And I was like absolutely not we are not breaking the law at mainline theater that's not happening yeah let's um, not let's not start <laughs> off a, a period of financial uncertainty with you know just like immediately getting a terrible fine for doing something illegal right, right out the gate we're not doing that but you know <laughs> she she said well can we just do the show and we're gonna film it because we've got our lighting designer here we need to film and then i'll be able to shop it around so i can blah 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 and i said you know what I think that that is an acceptable proposition. Your dancers are going to dance the show. There will be no one in the audience except for me. <laughs> uh, you know, that would become like the norm, right? Of like, like the, the performing to no audience, but like being recorded is like now like that's a show. You know and that's what? like You're whatever. So right. <laughs> well, and I remember turning to Kenny and like, we, you know, we, we were like working really hard all afternoon to get the word out that, you know, everything was going to be canceled and, um, you know, I was kind of driving that ship. But then I looked at him at one point and said, I think it's time we both just get a glass of wine and walk <laughs> into the theater and sit down because this is going to be the last thing we're going to see in a long time. And he didn't believe me. And I remember <laughs> he didn't believe me. And I said, no, no, like we need to watch it. And it really hit me while I was watching the dance because it was actually about this like futuristic, bizarre society. And like there's kind of like dystopian it was starting to hit me. I was like, oh, no, what's coming? Like, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel that. Like, Sarah and I started watching. Um, like, I, I had read it in high school, I want to say. But Sarah and I started watching Handmaid's Tale. Ooh. And, oh, nice. uh, like, I don't think I would have been able to handle The Handmaid's Tale during the Trump presidency. <laughs> like because like, it was like like way too real like it, it starts off with like literally in the first in the first season they talk about like an insurrection where they storm the capital and stuff and you're like oh my god and then they're like also there's like a like there's a lot of like weird 
subtleties that are going on in the dystopian universe and like and one of them is like she gets like child services called on her because she sent her kid into school with a fever and that's incredibly dangerous and i'm like oh my god like like, just like all of these different things that are happening in margaret atwood's dystopian future of handmaid's tale feel like way too real (laughs) in like and and especially like i said under the trump presidency with the the capitol building riots and, and all that stuff you're like how close was it to American Civil War Part Two? You know, which Can is I what triggers everything in the show. Oh, <laughs> I think my uh, my computer froze. Sorry about that. No, you didn't freeze. Uh, I think we're good. Yeah. All right, word. I, I was just gonna say, like, can I address what you said about this feels too real? Like, I think that that was the that was how I felt sitting there, like in mainline, being like, this feels like way too real, and that it's not supposed to be real, and we're just gonna <laughs> live it, and maybe. You know, maybe it'll end soon, but I mean, it became pretty obvious. I, I, I think I knew before the rest of my team that we were going to have to postpone the 30th anniversary of the Fringe. Like, that was pretty, you know, <laughs> I kind of felt like maybe that was going to happen. Yeah. But it was for us, it was a surreal experience because we all just had so much other stuff going on at the same time. Like, the week that we closed Mainline was the week that I started having health problems and I, I actually ended up having surgery last year. Um, in September. So it was like this really bizarre journey of like closing down the space, not knowing what was going to happen with that. And to be honest, like it's a miracle that we're, the space is still here. Like I, I remember I thought in April that maybe we'd last till September if we were lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and like December, if we were really lucky and now it's like a year later, it's is like, that, okay, is that, is it. that government stuff? Is that like fundraising? Is that people kind of reaching out and helping save the theater? Is that a little bit of luck, a little bit of budgeting, all of the above? Oh, wow. I think it's a, it's all the above. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie. The wage subsidy and the rent subsidy is saving us. That's yeah. what's getting us through. Um, and we've just change the model like we're not doing shows in our space we've turned it into a residency house so Mm -hmm. people rent the space for a week to try out a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. um and that's working really well we've had some really generous donors you know we're hoping that that lasts we'll see (laughs) we're about to launch okay i mean maybe i'll say it we're about to launch a campaign where we're going to try and raise thirty thousand dollars for 30 years of the fringe which is a lot of money (laughs) to raise yeah but that's um, so. That, I mean, I guess I guess not 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 to bury the lead, but because it's already been announced. But like, there is going to be, bar barring insanity, which knock on a million every type of wood possible. Uh, but theaters are allowed to reopen or are in the process of reopening, and there is going to be a some kind of a live fringe this year. So is, yeah, is the word on the street. That is the word on the street. Is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> do I believe it? No, I mean I do. You know yeah. what? Like, I, 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 I do. I want to say something about this because I am getting really frustrated, like going online and reading posts and things that people are saying about how it's dangerous, you know, to reopen theaters right now and having 250 people in a room is a bad idea. I don't know of a theater that has 250 people in a room anyways. That's not what's <laughs> happening. You know, like Centaur just opened a show in, in one of the rooms with 30 people in the audience. You know, yeah. it's not, we're not talking big houses here. So I yeah, need to like Jimmy Fallon chat. just started having audiences on, uh, on tonight's show and they, they, they said it, they're between 50 and 60 people a night. And that's a big theater that they have 50 to 60 people in. It's like, yeah, there, yeah. there is a way 
if masks on, lots of space apart. I mean, well, uh, um, I was going to say it works. Nest. Nest did it. Like, the Nest shows were weird and sporadically populated with people, but there is, like, a way to do distance. Yeah. But, in, but it, was, with, it was less than half capacity, too, because the Nest yeah. seats like 120 and they were capping it at 50, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you weren't shaking hands with anyone. They they had, you know, 12, 15 rules that were very, very like they really took it quite seriously. And the staff took it really seriously. And yeah. Everyone there did a fucking fantastic job. And then, you know, you I took a booking doing another show. And it's a bar, and I'm like, okay, you guys are obviously gonna, you know, follow all the protocols. And they're like, yeah, Lawrence, Andre, oh my god, of course. And then I Save get there, and they're like, the they draw, they draw the curtains like it's a fucking mob deal. And I'm like, that's not a great start. And then <laughs> afterwards, they're like, there's like 70 people packed into like a small room, and there's like one little Purell, like the tiny Purell, not the regular pump Purell, the little. <laughs> hanging off a purse purell you know what i mean and then i'm like are you fucking kidding me and then some drunk girl woman woman girl she i don't know she was like 20 she was like an inch away from my face she's like are you the headliner i'm like oh kill me this is i don't uh, so that will not be happening at the fringe yeah 100 well, yeah no but we just see the best as the good example just just on, on the best yeah, on the notion of, uh, so I went to uh, Cheap Thrills to pick up a record uh, last week, and a friend of the show, uh, la the last show Lawrence and I did live together, Jason Grimmer, uh, we did that show out in, uh, uh, in the Plateau. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason Jason works there when they get deliveries, and Jason is, if you don't know, uh, he does a bunch of improv and stuff, but is also like has an encyclopedic music knowledge and specifically an encyclopedic like jazz music knowledge. So he does one day a week at Cheap Thrills to, I think, help them with their jazz stuff and help them on New Record Day. So anyway, so pops into Cheap Thrills to pick up a record because it was New Record Day. And uh, I was talking to Jason and he was like, man, he's like, as soon as it makes sense for me to do so, I'm going to do shows. And I was like, yeah, you know, like social distancing and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, I run improv shows. He's like, no one's coming. Like, he's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm just, I just want to get on stage. He's like, five people showed up on a good night anyway. Like, I can like, relate to this. <laughs> but yeah, but I. Have, honestly, these guys have balls the size of church bell. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> honestly, I swear to God, if, if my, like, I've been to some improv shows in the back and it's just like. I'm like, oh, I feel so. And these guys are just come off stage with like the energy of a thousand exploding suns. Like, yeah, what a great night. I'm like, man, you guys are fucking champs. That's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, uh, I, I just wanted to say that like it's um, the average fringe house, you know, is about 40 or so people. Uh, and even that's if there's 100 seats. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, maybe the fringe was built for this. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is going to work out really well. But, you know, the truth is, I, I should probably say what we're actually doing, because, you know, it's not going to be the full on fringe that's going to take mm -hmm. place. You know, we've we're still kind of waiting to hear back from all of our artists, but we gave everybody choices. And that's kind of how I feel this whole thing needs to play out. Like, everybody needs to be able to make a choice. And there needs to be safe options. Mm -hmm. um, and then the audience can choose. And we're going to make it as safe as possible for them as well. Um, and the choices are, are really simple. We're going to have four or five regular venues that are going to be the, you know, 
the normal fringe experience. Normal is wrong word, but a fringe in-person experience. A live fringe. Alive, yes. Socially distant still. You're not going to be sitting next to randos probably i guess or i mean you usually are but you won't be close this time yeah um and i mean normal, you know... normally yes but i'm saying that, yeah that's it <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining and and like also who knows i mean like we said like what like what that looks like is you're not probably gonna have to pack people into a place like that's yeah, like we're going to have ushers and we're going to, sh- people will have assigned seating and it's going to mm-hmm. be really organized. And, you know, there'll be like the COVID coordinator who's going to help with that. And, you know, if stuff goes south with that plan, we're just going to take all those shows and do live broadcasts. You know, if we have to close down the theaters, that's what we'll do. And then the other option that we're putting out there is that artists who don't want to do the in live and, uh, or the live in person performances, rather, uh, they're going to be invited to just do online right away. So they can send us pre-recorded content and then we're actually going to have, it's this website called Fringe TV and there's going to be like a full lineup of on-demand content for 20 days that folks that's can watch awesome. whenever they want. So That's so cool. That's the plan. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to see it play out. It's like, it's new, it's different. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of work, but I, you know, I love the Fringe so much. Like I, I can't imagine not celebrating it and you know, we've got other stuff planned around it. Like we're going to launch this podcast soon that I'm really excited about that I probably shouldn't be talking about because we haven't named it yet. But name coming soon. Okay, but you've, you've it. like you, spill you, it, Amy. Post, we want you the posted tea. that spill you're looking now. for like podcast editors and coordinators. So the fact that a podcast is coming out is hard. Was it weird that we didn't have a title yet? Like, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> un, no un, un, not at all. Untitled Fringe Podcast is the yeah. Just, it's fine. <laughs> but, like, we just, we want to celebrate, and, like, my whole plan, like, my whole, here, here's my, like, theory right now. I just feel like we've all been through so much this year, in general, and I feel like we need some nostalgia, you know? It's like, you know, when you open a photo album, like, usually, I mean, there's photos that make you sad, but then there's, like, there's photos that make you happy, and I feel like the Fringe is kind of like that. If we look back over the years of the Fringe and have some nice nostalgia moments, get some feels, um... I think it's just going to be really good for our souls. (laughs) And I think that it'll help us like deal with the now. And then also like, I find that through looking back, you can prepare for the future because it's really hard right now to prepare for the future. But I, yeah, I just think if we, my whole, my whole goal this year is with the fringe to help folks feel good about their past fringe experiences, maybe enjoy a couple new ones in the present but really with the goal of like propelling us as a community forward. Cause I think that's what mm-hmm. we need right now. Yeah. I think it's, it's one so of those. Th- <laughs> no, Fringe just, TV, uh, baby. Fringe TV is like, cool. no, <laughs> just like, I know, I know you want to, I'm sorry to cut you off Keith, but like for me, just being an artist and being in the, the artist community and like, obviously I want to be there to physically support my friends and be in the back of the room and cheer them on. But like, if that's not possible, the next best thing would be like me in a group have a watch party and to celebrate you know all our people who are coming out and and producing and putting on shows and performing so like me hearing that is just like so exciting and so wonderful and man uh, i'm fucking stoked sorry keith go for it (laughs) no but it's funny because um again just like like talking to people and being like what what can we do like we don't necessarily know what the gradual uh rollout and opening and stuff will be right like i know like sarah and i watch uh we we paid for a bunch of them actually uh like live concerts like live music is like a really really big part of our life 
And so we were not ready to like let go of that. <laughs> like, like we're just sort of like, we'll just get concerts later two years <laughs> from now or whatever. We were like, no, as soon as artists that we liked started to put together live streams, we're like, absolutely support them that way. Throw a couple bucks their direction, go on. But then again, talking to other people who produce live music shows is they're like, there's there's one thing of being like, oh, we don't necessarily want to stream live music while uh, to people who are just like two people in a house or whatever. That's It's a weird model. Will people pay for it? But then there was this other thing that I thought that was really interesting where they were like, when it becomes like safe to have 10, 15, 20 people in a house, well, then streaming live music gets like really interesting because now you can be like, let's go to a concert and it can still be a shared experience of my 10 friends and I, instead of just Sarah and I, at the couch but it's like yeah let's all maybe like chip in and watch this artist and you'll have like a bit of a group vibe in a safe way because we can't necessarily start packing shows and whatever like like honestly live music is the one that i every time someone like plays out what it's going to look like it, it seems ridiculous but they're like dancing zones with personal squares for you and your like, what are you talking about like what is like like live theater live comedy you're like yeah i can understand going in sitting down at my chair sitting down at my table uh keeping a mask on and and enjoying the live performance i get it as soon as you throw like music and dancing into the mix you're like what how is any of this going to happen? Dancing <laughs> is the big thing. And, you know, like, I, I, I'm I, fortunate enough to get to, like, attend some of these meetings where the Ministry of Culture is talking about how things are going to play out. And mm -hmm. it gets brought up often that no dancing is allowed. You know, assigned yeah. seats, you sit in your seat, no dancing. And, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, it's hard. I miss live shows too, man. And it's yeah. like, I have this dream of going back there. I mean, my husband was a music journalist for like ever, mm -hmm. uh, for like 20 years, you know, and it's like, we're dying to go back to Ushiaga and, you know, yeah. or, or I, to, to, you know, Loritz or whatever. Like, we just want to do all that. It's it's one of the great, the great mysteries to me still that we're four months away from the supposed Oshiaga that's happening. And, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, like, I love you and I want nothing more than for whatever you're doing to succeed. But I'm like, <laughs> I was like, they're, they're still like, Oshiaga, first weekend of August. <laughs> and I was like, like, I, I love you to pieces. The wonderful people that put on Oshiaga, one of the favorite times of the year at all times. But what what does this look like and what are you talking about like uh i'm I'm sure they'll 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 do something that is that makes sense but it it's just one of those like you're you're building a hype to something that is not in my opinion in august of 2021 not going to be the oceaga that you want it to be see keith that's so short-sighted because the longer we go without dancing the closer we get to a real life dirty dancing so oh. you're just not seeing the possibilities here <laughs> <laughs> but so then they're gonna get the, they're gonna get the fines though. And then the cops are gonna and bust they'll them. fight the fines. <laughs> dance, dance god damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Mm. So, uh, with that said, are there are there rough dates on the thirtieth anniversary? Yes, we, we already yeah. mentioned the, we already mentioned there's the the podcast coming out that I I don't know exactly what you guys are doing, but I um, spoke with some people. I spoke with Sarah and Kenny and gave some input. So I don't know where, not a problem. So I have ideas of what your ideas might be. And it seems exciting. I think it's going to be cool. <laughs> We're going to talk to some folks who fringed for a while and some new fringers as well. And hear some stories. And, you know, I mean, for me, you know, it's, 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 
it's it's more than you know the past, present, future. It's it's about showcasing this amazing thing we all love, um, in 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 a new medium that we 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 haven't done before. So I'm I, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, the dates of the festival itself, though, is going to be the first to twentieth of June. Mm-hmm. So content will be available around the first or second, um, and then the online, or rather the in-person, sorry, shows are going to take place uh, the tenth to the twentieth. Um, right about the time we're all getting that first dose, right? I mean, I heard we were going to get it all for Saint Jean, but I've... I feel like I feel like last year Legault said theaters would be reopened by Saint Jean, so it, it's a good soundbite for him. Like I get it, but. He does have an out time now, believing. The AstraZeneca thing is a legit out for missing that date, right? Because that was the, 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 they, they were, what was it? They were prioritizing Moderna and Pfizer for uh, the elderly population and then saving the AstraZeneca for general population. And now they're like, AstraZeneca is not safe if you're under 55. And you're like, but that's the one they were saving for us. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, so you should have given it to the older population who were prioritized with the other one. Not that they knew. Like, like I said, that's a, it's a legit out. You can judge the premier however you want to judge. No one knows it. anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> but yeah, but that was that was a legit like. There's a million things you can judge about the pandemic handling, but that's that's like a legit. No one knew anything. That's like he has an honest to goodness out to be like I said Saint Jean. And now I have 5 million doses of AstraZeneca that I can't give to people under 55. That's, that's fair. But like you have, when you're talking about a million things you can judge, I'm not going to sit there and differentiate. Be like, that's valid criticism. That's not valid criticism. <laughs> I'm going to read the headline of an article, not read the body, and then regurgitate it forcefully. That's the game plan until I get my vaccines. Fair. And no fair one can tell valid. me different. <laughs> I'm just excited that people are getting them and the, and that and that they're getting like follow up dates like both my my father and my uh, mother and father in law have gotten their first dose and have the second uh, the date for their second one already like booked and stuff and I'm like that's cool like can't wait although I will I will admit I died laughing uh, at this week's SNL when uh, there was like a musical sketch about like they're like baby boomers they're like we get everything they're like we wrecked yeah. the economy three times and now we're vaccinated and we can eat in restaurants and it's like that was, that was pretty awesome so funny <laughs> i was like I'm, oh, I'm it's not my fault i'm like yeah but that it kind of is <laughs> <laughs> and then he left the room and ruined the housing market it's like i don't know what you're talking about son exactly um Lawrence, do you want to uh, do you want to move into into five questions? We were uh, oh baby, yes I do. You excited? I know I've been, I've been really good about it this podcast, but I've also been eating the whole time. Often on like, mute. Often on mute. I've been really good because last time I was chomping and I listened back to the recording and Keith was like a saint about not talking about how hard I was chewing. So thank you. I've been really good. I'm like nailing it. It's I've, um, I've always described uh, both shows that I run and any show that I run as um it's when you're at a restaurant and there's people next to you having a pretty interesting conversation and you're alone and you just get quiet and listen to them so that's my like podcast uh, aesthetic so you eating it's like it's fine it's just it's part of it so you're <laughs> accusing all of our listeners of being creepy voyeurs yes absolutely like i i've voyeurs, i described like sexual voyeurs yeah well i mean sexual is like up to you if you that's where you want to take it but like, I do. like this, this specifically this one, yeah. 
we're good because we usually have like a guest on like like Amy. So we're talking about something interesting. Like the other one where we're just like arguing nerd shit. <laughs> like like I'm sort of like this must just be frustrating to listen to because like I feel that like our like anyone who was and and I've been given this feedback is they're like sometimes I just want to like interject and like correct you guys about how wrong you are and I'm like yeah but you're not on the show so <laughs> you can't but I'm like I'm glad you're getting a getting that, some that, kind of a, a that's what social media action. is for yeah exactly just yell at me I, later I listen to you guys talk and both of you are dumb as fuck here is why and then they just hit you with you know logic. Yeah. But you can't actually interrupt me, though. That's the magic. Is I can, I can just keep rambling off in my own sense of stupidity. Uh, Amy, these are these are all new questions. Also, we we reset Ooh. these questions. I think okay. infamously uh, in in February of 2020 at one of the last times I was like out in the city. Period. Uh, Lawrence had just gotten back from a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, and I was like, cruises are scary. And Walter's like, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. And I was like, no, so cruises cool. are scary now. <laughs> okay. Question number one for Amy Blackmore. What do your thoughts sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I think my thoughts are just colors without sounds. Oh. How do you get anything done, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> I keep asking myself that. <laughs> oh. So you don't you don't have like loud loud thoughts no uh, no insane rambling uh, inner monologues you just have like like visuals kind of you know I'm I'm a pretty focused person I kind of have two modes like I'm on or I'm off so you know it's like I have my superpower Amy mode that's just very like and now we do this grant um, and then when that's done I'm kind of like and eh, now I go to bed <laughs> um, so maybe like I mean. If it's probably an instructional sound. I don't know. You know, I actually have um, what's it called? Synesthesia, where like the letters I, look like colors, and sorry, like I'm not laughing at you. Just immediately, you made me think of that the the Kanye West meme where he's like, I have a condition called synesthesia. I see sound. I see sound, and he's just freaking out. Totally but yeah. not that far into it, but. <laughs> I definitely like for me like days of the week have colors and like months and then it's like I see time and space and blocks like I'm always using the whiteboard at mainline and my staff's like oh my gosh it's whiteboard time um because it's just kind of how my brain like maps stuff out but yeah that's very can I ask what colors are the days of the week oh yeah okay I can do that um (laughs) Monday is red Tuesday Tuesday is like a, a like an orangey gold Wednesday is blue Thursday is like yellow yellow but like so Wednesday is blue because W and E together make blue and then the rest of the the rest of the word just kind of falls in line because the truth is Lawrence's mind just exploded (laughs) blue Lawrence's like what (laughs) because A-Y D-A-Y could be pink because A a is like red and Y is like purple, but D is kind of a yellow. Anyways, so it gets confusing. Red, but is red kind of a beginning color. If you're saying A is red and Monday is red, does that like is red often the color of the start of things? I don't know. It depends yeah. because yeah. like yeah, I'm not, one. Fascinated. Now this screw it. We're going long. The next hour is Amy season <laughs> think color. <laughs> because <laughs> one is black and oh. January is uh green. So I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm not trying to... 
Does it work with names too? Like when you do you have colors and, and shapes when you hear like Keith or Lawrence or things like that? Yeah. Well, you can't. What, what can't color and shapes are Keith? And <laughs> Amy's already laughing. You guys can't see it because there's no video on this fucking thing. As soon as I started this sentence, she's like, these fucks are going to make me do this. This sons of bitches. I can't believe they've backed me into this. It's like when you, when, you know, when you like somebody says that they're colorblind and like someone points at the sky and says, what color is the sky? Oh, I haven't mm-hmm. about that yet. <laughs> it's the only, it's the only, it's the only like semi disability that we question or test people on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Get out. Well, yeah. I, what color is this, bro? I can say Amy is pink, mm-hmm. but again, it's because the A and the Y combined make pink happen. Because yeah. A is, red, A is right. red, and yeah. Anyways, uh, Keith is like a purpley blue. I'll take you know? it. Um and Lawrence, you know, I'm I I'm I'm not sure. Like I'm kind of on the on the spot about you, but I feel because like Alice. Backpedaling. You're backpedaling. I think it's like because L is black and A it's like A is. You know what? It's because I can see your name on the screen and I'm looking at it and it's screwing me up. Oh, but Corber okay. is definitely orange. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the jury's out on Lawrence, but we've we've come back with Cor- orange for Corber. That's good to know. You know what? Brown. What? Brown. Or, okay, some Cleveland colors. I like yeah, I was it. gonna I'm say gonna... I was like Cleveland Browns right there. If it's I brown and orange, just uh, buy the merch. Oh man, I can't believe we just did that. It's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amy, what was your uh, favorite thing to eat as a as a kid? Kid, kid being subjective and also eat kind of being uh, subjective. Because so it could be like a snack or a meal or a... And How is can't... eat subjective, Keith? Well, because some people have said, like, like, what about like a slush? I'm like, eh, you know, like, it's a slush is a drink, but I'm like, it's kind of food. It's... What if is it's like, can it be a... Podcast? <laughs> can it be a dinner? Yeah? Yeah. Roast beef dinner. Nice. Not the first person who said that. That's a classic. Sundays? Uh, no, church. My oh. my whole family was like super involved in the United Church in Greenfield Park, and my aunt would organize the roast beef dinners, and would go to Mannion's, which doesn't exist anymore, in St. Henry's, and like buy all the meat, and I'd go with her, and the guy there would like give me a slice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and then we would take all the meat home and, and go to church, and then make there'd be this giant dinner, and it was just I think it was like Saturday night. Oh, okay, okay. Like, cause I guess like the church church dinners, I think, would be Saturdays, right? Like. Yeah, it's like you pay ten dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sundays is busy, so you do the church dinners on like Saturdays, Fridays. Sunday is learned... more of a luncheon day. Sunday yeah. is like potluck luncheon. Okay, I've never been to church, so I'm I'm not asking this ironically. The church charges money for the food. Fundraiser. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was about to say, it... like, isn't it very okay? We we found out all about this when we were uh, road tripping through the Maritimes about like every community had a church and there was always church dinner and it was always like it was always paid but like when people were explaining it it was always like like to amy's point like 10 bucks for a roast beef dinner it was always like for considering the food you were getting it was like absurdly cheap like you go in and like pay five to ten dollars and you're getting like a freaking meal (laughs) like that's can i say you know i love church food so much that so when my when jamie and i got married we did a like a we had our re- wedding reception like in a, in a venue in montreal but i got married in the church i grew up in and after the wedding the ladies from the church 
we we hired them to make like the sandwiches like that are cut like the way that they do at church and like little Nanaimo bars and like little pickles and stuff. And there was like a huge spread for coffee hour. It was the best. It was the best. And shout out Nanaimo bars. Oh, that sounds so good though. I'm eating and I'm that's made me re hungry somehow. That's so uh, Lawrence, you just shoved a fork <laughs> of food in your mouth, and I was okay, like, "Okay, oh, Amy, buddy. as I'm chewing, question <laughs> number three: <laughs> What Real, is the milk best? Milk it out, buddy. What? <laughs> take take your to time. To Make a <laughs> meal no, of it. You're interrupting me. I'm just trying to be a professional podcast co-host, and you keep getting on me. Um, Amy. What is the best or worst thing about growing up? Uh, I guess the best is sex. Whoa. First time that answers, but like A plus. Why not? Yeah, right. And the worst is money. Both solid answers. I agree. I don't even have any like follow-ups. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's very straightforward. Perfect. I mean, that's... I think that's probably the most succinct answer we've ever had for that question, I have to say. Yeah. The best thing about growing up, sex. The worst thing about growing up, money. Yep. Uh, you could put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think question four is going to be from our last guest. Correct? Yes. Which was uh, Tim Riel, uh, who had I Lawrence. I know that guy. Doing, he got uh, so mad at me. He got so mad at me. Oh, I think boy. that's part of the thing, though. I don't think having you, uh, Vendito, and uh, Joey on a show and expecting it to like be like, and everybody takes the game and, and, super serious. And, and Reese, yeah, we did. And Reese, Reese. And Reese. Jesus. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> he was. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, I love was, Tim Reels to death. He had to put up with a lot of our shit. So God bless him. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm gonna have these four guys on a game show, and like, he's like, I'm just, we're, we're just gonna have fun, but we're also gonna play the game, and you're like, mm, that's gonna be debatable. <laughs> Uh, I, wa- I watched I watched a good chunk of that episode and it, it, it was very funny and one of my all-time favorite parts was just like just general notions was Joey not like grabbing anything about what was happening or the rules of the game or or just like every time being like okay so what are we doing now just like every time I was like this is the best and we had a, a a rehearsal beforehand, so like like we like went through it all. Too. <laughs> um, but this is interesting because it actually, uh, without obviously knowing who the guest would be or knowing what we were going to talk about, this actually ties in to something Amy said already. Um, when you were talking about kind of like the the nostalgia trip and like going back in time and stuff, because I think that a lot of us have been introspective uh, during COVID. Uh, his question was. Who have you thought about recently from your past that you realized you had forgotten about? Amy's like, and what color are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so tough. Your question, the last question always stumps me every time I do this. Well, because it's the question from the previous guest. We don't know where they're going to... No, but it's a great one. Can you ask it again? So who have you thought about recently? And I guess recently we can expand to, like, the pandemic. So, like, who have you thought about during the pandemic uh, from your past that you realized you had forgotten about? 
And I mean, and forget, I think it's kind of relative. Like, I think just a person that you haven't thought about in a really long time and you're like, oh, crap, I wonder what they're up to. And like, you've lost touch or whatever have you, right? Like, it Kenny. Doesn't just... No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Harsh answer possible. <laughs> I mean, no, but it's so weird, right? Like, we used to spend every day together in an office and now we don't see each other ever. Um, it's very bizarre. Uh, a person that I... gotta be someone you have to like edit out all the silence while i'm thinking oh, we're just put no. I, i'll tell you I'll, I'll give you what my answer was from last week um okay. could you cut in my chewing actually <laughs> yeah it's just i'm gonna i'm gonna isolate the sound of you chewing and then create a bed of it for the entire <laughs> can i can i tell you the truth can i yeah. tell you the truth i have a fear of forgetting people oh and then don't say forgetting just say you haven't thought about them in a really long time i have a fear of not thinking about people oh. I meet so many people because of my work and it's, it, it's, it's actually a thing that I think about. I'm like, Oh no. Like what if like, cause eventually like names just like poop out and they're gone forever. For um, me, for my answer to this question was uh, genuinely my grade 11th high school teacher who was like really, really impactful. was like one of the first, uh, like I, I, I was always a big reader, uh, but I read a lot of like fantasy trash <laughs> in, in, in what is fantasy I trash? Uh, I mean, just like bad books about vampires and <laughs> I read a lot of Star Wars novels and stuff in high school and whatever. But, but like, I like, I like chewed up novels. Like I was a heavy, heavy reader and it was like, he was like, start reading like good books. Like I want to say like, like he gave me a copy of like train spotting and stuff. Like he was like, you're an advanced reader. You're a pretty good writer. Uh, this is probably not something that should be like, that is definitely not going to be on a high school curriculum and stuff. But it was like, uh, yeah, give me like train spotting gave me foxfire gave me like a, just a bunch of like interesting books written outside of the like not to say catcher in the rye is bad but outside of the typical like it's high school so you read catcher in the rye the end like uh he was like a encouraged me to just like write and think and read interesting things and whatever else and it was like one of those you know like you're like that teacher and yeah it was grade 11 so that was 20 years ago of my life and i was like whoa i was like that was the guy who during the pandemic, I was like, "Wow, shit, that was like, a, we absolutely did not have to do it. Like this was like off hours curriculum stuff being like, hey, what are you reading? Read this next. I'm like, all right. Like that was that was my answer was my grade 11 high school teacher who also uh, was named Keith. So I was like, I was like, his oh. name was Keith Bellamy. And I was like, sweet name guy. <laughs> so that was the best. So that was my answer. So I was filling time while Amy thought about it. I got it. I totally got it, though. Nice. You know, I so I actually recently remembered and started thinking about my first boyfriend from when I was a little kid. Oh. And it's because, you know, uh, somebody from high school or whatever passed away or something happened. Oh, that's not what happened at all. I'm wrong. No one, no one died. OK, good. Um, <laughs> I made that part up. Um, what actually happened is somebody posted this video online of our grade six graduation and then tagged like everybody from it. Oh, and wow. it's really bizarre video, actually, because like my family members, like one of which who is no longer with us is like sitting in the video and I don't have any video of her. So it was a really beautiful moment. It was my aunt. So it was really nice to see. But anyways, um, they do this. We did this whole graduation of grade six. And like every, there's this whole like procession that takes place. I was valedictorian, by the way, in grade six, just to say, 
not high school, but grade six, you know. You had a, she had a grade six valedictorian? Yeah. I mean, that's I'm pretty sure it was B. I don't think I made that part up. Okay. Um, anyways. Check the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, James, that I just kind of, like, hadn't thought about in a long time. And, he was, you know, we were, like, boyfriend and girlfriend in grade two. And then again in grade four, I think. And mm-hmm. our parents would, like, bring us skating on Sunday mornings. And then, you know, uh, so we'd go skating on Sunday mornings in Greenville Park. And then, you know, I'd have to go to church because that was part of the deal. Um, and, yeah, like, we ha- we ended up going to high school together. And, like, I think maybe, like, I don't know, maybe in grade 11, something happened. I don't know. I can't remember. But <laughs> it's so funny because it's, like, these people. This is someone I've known forever. Yeah. And, you know, I am Facebook friends with. But, you know, you don't think of everybody all the time. And mm-hmm. um, it was just kind of nice to remember that. So who broke it off in grade four? so i'm pretty sure it's because someone who saw her name nameless girl like let's call her stacy f (laughs) also liked him and i'm pretty sure she like liked liked him i think she liked liked him there were notes being passed around oh and i'm pretty sure i actually i we got in trouble in school and I, i was sent home early i think one day oh. I have a memory of that that I, I I was a little territorial about the whole situation I was like did Amy Blackmore like step up and like take her earrings off in like grade four she's like I don't have ears <laughs> ears oh damn oh. <laughs> <laughs> although I do have these things that look like holes that might explain it maybe like they were ripped off by her and then I know oh. I'm just joking <laughs> um now we've turned it into a CW show yeah no. <laughs> that's it <laughs> I, I look back, you know, at, at times of life, and it's so funny how, like, memories are patchy and how, like, we build our own memories within our memories. I think it's kind of yeah. one of my favorite parts of getting older. <laughs> but um, I do remember, I think that it ended because of other person. Mm-hmm. I I always find it weird on that <laughs> note of, like, the some of the, like, the stuff that your brain is just sort of, like, like, file this under, never forget, and important. And, like, there's the obvious stuff of, like, weird, weird, embarrassing things or whatever that you kind of, like, that makes sense how that got burned into the, like, ready access archives of memory and stuff. But then other times you're being like, hey, do you remember the hallway of the hotel in Boston? And you're like, why do you have, like, a vivid memory of, like, walking down? And I was like, I don't know. We were getting pizza or whatever. And it's like, I couldn't remember, like, the room or whatever or anything else. But there's just, like, sometimes there's these weird, like, snippets of memories that are very vivid to me and they're like completely useless and i don't know why my brain was just sort of like double underline highlight file under important and you're just like never forget this and you're like what the hell is that like yeah i just i have a lot of weird stuff like that from school like where again not impactful memories they're just like i have these like memories of just like a particularly mundane thing and i'm like that memory is just never going anywhere and it's not like a, a negative or a positive. It's just like this new, net neutral memory that somehow is very vivid to me. And I wish there was meaning, but there isn't. So. I have those too. And actually of Boston, like I remember being in Boston when I was, I think, 18 or 21. And like, I remember looking at the sewers and the like, what is it called? Like steam was coming up through them. Mm-hmm. The man. Panels. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. And I was like, that's weird. That's the memory. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so strange. My sister and I sometimes will argue about like when we were younger. I'll be like, oh, we went here on this vacation. We did this. And my, my sister will be like, no, you're wrong. 
and we'll be trying to remember the same event from two different perspectives and we'll have wildly different accounts of like what happened and shit Mm-hmm. it's like no we stayed here no we were over here and this and that happened it's just like we can't consolidate it's just okay. so weird how it works yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I often think about that especially with those weird random memories because uh, Sarago watches a lot of true crime and subsequently <laughs> has uh, branched out into cult shows right like there's uh, there's the Heaven's Gate one there's the Nexium one there's Ooh, that was good yeah, yeah the, the vow was, was complete crazy um, season two of The Sinner I don't know. I have to recommend it. But yeah, but but one of the things whenever I'm kind of like half watching this or it's on the background and stuff is I'm always like, how easy is it to plant a false memory? And like, I was like, is anything we know real? And our brains are so subject to like messing things up and making it muddy and fake memories and stuff like that. I'm just sort of like, what the hell? Like, are my memories my own? And like, I that that freaks me out. It's like, same thing too with the people like they're like oh you can't be like i could never be brainwashed i'm like yeah you could everyone can our brains are trash it's totally (laughs) possible guys like i see colors and everything like in words like (laughs) it's like what (laughs) yeah exactly like our 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 brains are they're they're not fort knox man they're like they're they're an organ that does a thing and if you put the right inputs and stimulus they're a rickety outhouse (laughs) <laughs> pretty much right but it's like like the way the way someone described it about like implanting false memories and like forced confessions and all that stuff was literally they're like it's an organ that does a thing they're like yeah. it's in the same way that you can like make yourself sick with poison and stuff if you put the right correct combination of impulses into the brain it's going to start thinking things that it <coughs> are completely wrong and they're like there's kind of nothing your steel willpower or whatever can do it has nothing to do with that it has to do with thoughts and images and, and impressions, and you can make a big mess of it. On that note, Amy, uh, what question would you like to ask our next guests to make them uh, work their brain in a, a peculiar way? I was thinking about it, and, you know, of course, like, I always forget that that's going to happen, too. Naturally. Uh, uh, the fourth, fourth, fifth time on the show, maybe? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> uh, I do have a question. If So... If you were a, like a spicy mayonnaise, oh, okay. what would be the spice that went with the mayonnaise? Like, what would be the ingredients of that, oh. and why? Oh. If you were a spicy mayonnaise, what would be the ingredients? Like, so like, what kind of spice would you want? Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> immediately just went to like sriracha mayo because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that was my like quick answer. Uh, but like, but why? Uh, like I said, the why is just as delicious, and I don't know if that describes me. If I would be like, I'm sriracha mayo. I mean, I've always found Keith delicious, so yeah. <laughs> We've uh, also, what, I think, um, uh, we did, was it last episode or two episodes ago where we gave you a nickname, something about like the pistol shrimp or the hummingbird? I feel like this was. Similar. I think it was pistol shrimp. I want to say that was, shrimp, that was that was that yeah. was uh, Elspeth's question of like what yeah. nickname. <laughs> and you gave the thing about um, that movie there, Power or whatever the heck it was. Oh yeah, 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 Project Power. Yes. Project yes, Power, yes, yes, yes. and he's like, I have the DNA of a pistol shrimp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jamie Foxx starts murdering people because he's a pistol shrimp. It's wonderful. It's a great film. I had, but did you answer why you would be a sriracha mayo? I, but I'm saying, but like I said, I just I love sriracha mayo, but I don't necessarily know if that is the mayonnaise, the spicy mayonnaise that that I would be. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like other other spices. I like a lot of heat, uh, like and and I like I like heat that goes into your nose and not into your tongue. 
like uh, incredibly specific. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, but that's it. It's like, like horse so. Radish? Yeah, exactly. Like horseradish wasabi style. Like mm, like that. Okay. That I I have a tolerance for that kind of heat. I have a tolerance for most heat actually. But I'm like, but that's the one where some people are like, I cannot handle this. Um, and I think that that also speaks to me because I feel that as a person, I, I uh, some people meet me and say I cannot handle this, and then. Mm-hmm. That's it. So Maybe I'm thinking so many people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking that if there's like some kind of like a wasabi mayo, I don't know yeah. if that's a thing, but I'm thinking like sushi wasabi mayo. And, and that would be my my actual answer. I think. It totally but, is a thing. And I have that in my fridge right now. Like, that's nice. a thing that is totally delicious. A thing. Heinz started selling it pre mixed, which I think is an affront to God. And I would never buy it. <laughs> um, if I had to be a spicy mayonnaise, I would be. Part mayonnaise and the other part, this HP sweet Thai chili sauce. Oh. Because I'm I'm a little bit sweet, I'm a little Ooh. bit spicy, and if you have too much of me, you never want to touch me again. So I think that's pretty much it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining it. <laughs> Trying to imagine. <laughs> Lawrence, you should get the get get like branded mayo packets for uh, your merch table when you return. Oh yep. yeah, that's a great idea. <gasps> Mayo packets. Do it. Teddy I bears. love geeking out about merch. Like honestly, I was I was thinking about pre-pandemic. I was thinking about teddy bears. Aww. Like teddy bears that I, like because I always wear like button-down shirts on stage. So just like yep. a little me, like my floppy hair in front with like a little button-down, and just like I could sell them. I was gonna do a. I mean, there's no point talking about it. I was I was trying to figure out something to do uh to do proceeds for the oncology ward for the Jewish general. But uh, yeah, no, pandemic shelved it. So yeah, no, I think uh, I, I've I've said a million times that like if you have cool merch at uh, anything, comedy, theater, music, whatever, I'll I'll buy it. Like, so, oh, what was it? And I'm not gonna say that it was. Oh, what the heck was the the name of the band? I can't even remember the name of the band. They opened up for was it the Cold War Kids? No, I can't. I can't remember the name of the band, but like literally, Sarah has a shirt of a band, an opening band that was like, I don't want to dismiss the band. They were not bad, but they were just okay. But their merch was cool, and if you have cool merch, I like. What, me what you're my trying wife to say is the it. merch. The merch was better than the act, is what you're trying to get at. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. That's it. And and if you were an artist, know that people like me and Sarah exist. And if your merch is cool your show doesn't even have to be that cool. We might still buy it. <laughs> the, the worst one for that was Sarah bought, uh, Sarah bought a cool shirt from a local band and, and she like loves the shirt. She still wears it. Uh, and the, the band has like since broken up and like, we saw the lead singer of the band. Um, and he was like, Oh cool. Like that's my band. And Sarah was like, Oh, cause like she genuinely did not care for the band. <laughs> But she was like, this is a really cool shirt. And the guys like saw us at like Hatters or Hurley's or whatever the heck and was like, cool, that's my band. And so I was like, cool, like, please don't ask me any questions about like what my favorite song is or anything because I don't know. I just like this shirt. But anyway, yeah, so let that be a lesson to artists that if you have cool merch, people will buy it. Don't half-ass your merch, guys. And have merch. Uh, Amy, so we have Fringe coming up. Uh, you still you have workshops, I presume. 
Yeah, we're always doing workshops. The next mm -hmm. one is um, fundraising on April 14th. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's always pay what you can. So and that's whatever you want um, and whatever you can. So it's you get a a good hour and a half of me. Uh, I answer questions. I'm really practical. We talk about some fun stuff and fun ideas and brainstorm. Um, so that one's coming up. And then uh, the the big news is the fringe coming up. You know, in June, but. Also really exciting, we've just announced we're doing this really wicked fundraiser. Uh, it's Nanda's Kitchen uh, Fringe Buzz fundraiser with an incredible menu of this like Malaysian Thai mix, uh, Indonesian style food. Um, menu still being prepared, but uh, tickets are available now on our new website. Also, we have a new box office website. Oh. I can't wait for everybody to go to it. Like you don't have to buy a ticket. But go 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 look at our what, Red Six One website. I'll send you the link. All right. <clears throat> so and yes, keep uh, the show notes. Put it all exactly. I'll link. I'll link everything in the show notes. I'll uh, I'll do all the things. Uh, Amy, thank you so much. It was awesome catching up. So maybe, fun. Maybe we're gonna see each other in person at some point. Like Hopefully at the fringe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was yes. like, like two two months two months away from fringe. Wow. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, if we're if we're being the max level of hopeful, maybe there's a version of outside six feet apart having a beer. Like that's a that would be so great. That's 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 my that's my summer like my my big summertime hope is that like and it, and it, and it's a shame because I feel that last summer we didn't fully appreciate it. Because like last summer we we're like hanging out in parks isn't bad. Can't wait till things are back to normal. Then after the winter we've had, we're like bring back hanging out in parks. It's the best. <laughs> like I'm so jazzed to potentially hang out in parks legally at socially distant. And like I said, I think that last year when it happened, we were like, it's okay. It's <laughs> but, funny. Like I have. Uh, uh, I'll I'll just add this because it's it's a weird thing for me like hanging out with people in parks and you know again it's like with with like my surgery that I had last year like we were really careful mm -hmm. and like so I had a partial thyroidectomy and it was like we didn't do anything we saw nobody like yeah. and and you know now I'm like oh wait a second like that's possible this year like it's mm -hmm. it's so weird it's like oh my god I'm gonna see people like I'm like <laughs> I don't know it's I'm yeah, that, uh, I, w I will say uh, if you're listening to this and you're you're trying to get on my uh, on my park uh, calendar or whatever else like that, I do not mess around at parks. Like people who are like, we're outside, so it's okay, and, and like like we're. I was like, no, 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 we're outside. We're still still six feet apart. Like let's let's no no hugs, no whatever. That's that's for another time. <laughs> like uh, like when it was warm two weeks ago. I, I we went and we saw my cousin and their kid for like the first time and we saw a couple other people wow. outside like in the street six feet apart and all that stuff but when the weather was nice you just saw parties happening in the park and I was like ah I was like you can I was like this is the worst part I was like because you can do this just everybody stand apart like just like you, you can see each other but you don't need to just be so smushed like why are you doing this to yourself yeah, the word smushed needs to be, like, banished from the English language uh, <laughs> for the next couple of years. Like, I'm not down with smushed anymore. Exactly. Unless it's, like, marshmallows. Like, smushed marshmallows is fine because it tastes good, yeah. but nothing yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. No no people. Like, <laughs> Amy, thanks so much. That was Thank awesome. You. Lawrence, uh, anything? Anything you want to shout out? Is there anything going on? Be kind.
Oh. Just be kind. Right? That's fair. I have nothing to plug. But be <laughs> kind. Valid. That's the show, everybody. <laughs> this is Orange Brown signing off. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.